All right, so hi everybody and welcome to another session in uh, the Tofu Talks limited series that I'm doing called Our New Normal, where I'm giving people around the world a chance to kind of let the world know what they're experiencing during the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, once again, I'm joined by a, a longtime friend of mine back in Canada. So could you introduce yourself and get us started? Of course. Hi, um, I'm Ashley. I've known Ryan for about what, 10, 15 years now. I can't even remember. Probably more than 10, maybe not quite 15. Long enough. Um, I am in Victoria, BC, Canada. Long, long enough? What do you mean long, long enough? enough? Long this enough. <laughs> too long? Too long. This is it. <laughs> we end here. Yeah, this is why no. you follow. By the way, <laughs> this is to let you know, no more. I wanted to ensure it was recorded and I get your live, uh, your live reaction. <laughs> Ouch, it hurts. Um, yeah, it's been a while, but I guess we established that we have actually seen each other in like about four years, I think was the last time, um, yes. when I was socially isolating on the island during a house sit. And you actually, you and our friend Kristen were like the only two people that came to visit me in like three months. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> but we do know those roads were very sketchy and hard to get to, so understood. Yeah, no, it was, but I mean, the funny thing is, it was what, like, it wasn't that far from Victoria, was it? Like 20 minutes, half hour? Uh, it's, it's pretty easy to get there if you know the way and don't have a, you know, an unreliable vehicle to drive in the dark or anything like that. But no, it's not that far away at all, but yeah, it felt like it. It felt, it did feel very isolated when you were there too. It's just Sort of spooky, empty oh, forests yeah. and neighbors far in between. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I mean, the, the day I started, or the second day I started, I think the homeowners wrote me to let me know there had been a bear sighting like in the neighborhood, so I should keep my eyes out. Or maybe it was a different sit. Or Doing six in BC. Yeah, I mean, luckily all I saw was like raccoons and deer and some hummingbirds. So... It worked out okay. Yeah, they call it um, they call it the Highlands there. It doesn't feel like the Highlands because I think of you know I mean especially in BC where you have such huge mountain ranges, uh, the Highlands where you were were not very um, elevated. No, I mean. So so you said you're in in Victoria, right, on Vancouver Island? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what sort of measures are in place there, and um, are people are people listening to them? Yeah, um, I think uh, we're pretty fortunate in BC that we um, we had a little bit of time to prepare. Um, our spring break from schools, etc., started uh, after most of the other provinces. So right from the get-go, we basically shut stuff down pretty quickly. And um, I would say for the most part, people have been listening. Um, we have a really great um, sort of health officer um, who's been, she's been really calm and helpful and, and um She's, she's right here in Victoria as well, which is kind of cool, but she has um, had this sort of cult following now, but all of her suggestions seem to come across really um, well with most people. They sit well with people, and she seems to be, like, not fear-mongering, but just sort of logically, like, this is what we need to do today, this is what we need to do tomorrow, this is what we need to do. Um, you know, she's getting a lot of pressure from different avenues saying, well, we need to get our kids back in school. We need to do this. We need to do that. And she's like, we're going to see. We're going to wait and see. And I think that's, um, that's going really well for most of us. I haven't seen too many sort of sketchy situations myself. 
um, it's a little spooky. I've been trying to sort of catalog different images I see when I do go out and about, which is um, the playgrounds that are now cordoned off. They like put uh, warning tape around them or remove swing sets, remove basketball hoops, all that sort of stuff, just to ensure that people aren't um, playing where they shouldn't or walking where they shouldn't. Um, but I think, it, yeah, I think the standard measures are in place that most places are following. And for the most part, we're pretty, um, yeah, we're pretty okay with it. Um, there are a lot of local businesses that have been um, sort of slowly closing, 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 but most are offering takeout to some extent now and offering like other local services that are trying to stay operational to some extent. And uh, whether or not we reopen restaurants to sit in again, that's still like a little bit farther away. Yeah, the um, I well, I mentioned to you before we started that uh, my partner said I think yesterday or the day before she was sitting in a cafe um, in another city here in Vietnam, and I just it sounded so weird to me. I mean, there's a limit, I guess, of like ten people within the cafe, but still, it's it's been a while, so it sounds it's strange. Strange, it's strange that I mean, for you, I suppose, on your side of the world, it's been even longer. For us, it's only been since. Um, I guess March 17th ish is when they started um, really cracking down on things here in North America. And it's still, even within five or six weeks, it still feels like we're already used to this life of staying apart from people. If you walk down the street, you sort of skirt around them and you maybe wave and apologize for not being a friendly Canadian to them or something, but you're still, you keep your distance. And going into a cafe, everybody, you know, if you're getting a takeout order or when we go to the vet to get supplies for our cats, like they have a huge sort of barriers in place and disinfectant everywhere and they have you know they've kind of switched it up week by week to see which is the safest route uh last week i was buying cat food and i was standing like in a bush outside their window which has bars on it and i was paying under their window <laughs> there's like no contact and then they would come out and give the food on the side of the building so like a lot of measures are in place some um, most places especially in victoria have been following fairly yeah fairly closely i guess but yeah, it'll be a shock to the system when we can go back to actually sitting side by side or, you know, walking past each other without worrying. Or going to a rock concert with like <laughs> 500 yeah. other people. Yeah, that's been some sad stuff. Like, I know that's kind of a global thing, but especially in our neck of the woods, there's like a lot of musicians out here, a lot of um, great venues, a lot of things were planned. And of course, there's lots of amazing artists who have... Uh, been struggling now because of this because their gigs are all cancelled today officially one of the big festivals out here finally sort of said nope we're gonna throw in the towel because it's it's not scheduled till july but we know that things aren't going to be back to normal yet even in july and august we're always so hopeful but yeah. so there's yeah there's a lot of sadness around that um but then on that end of the thing you can see uh, just on all the social media platforms alone how um how much we rely on art and music to get through hard times like this and just how important art is to our well-being. Um, so I really like that. And it's even though we're not able to go to these concerts, there's still so many people offering their their um, talent online to help us through, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I think I've caught a few, few little performances, uh, especially from Tim Baker on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course. Sometimes I've been like, no, I'm not ready to listen to you singing a sad song on piano, like in your home. Like I can't can't start my day with that. But um, <laughs> but it's been interesting to to see sort of some of these like stripped down performances and stuff. And plus, I I mean, I'm just curious to see people's homes. And so between that and like 
the late night talk shows interviewing celebrities and you know like Colbert I think has been doing a lot of stuff so what's around you right now and they're like oh well, I've got like this you know whatever thing or like these toys for my kids and stuff and I'm like it's something we'd never see right if they were doing their Polish yeah. studio interview it kind of reminded me of um like back in the day when Twitter first came out and I was sort of blown away that we could connect in real time or at least you know like directly supposedly directly to real celebrities and I'm not a huge celeb fan but just getting to know musicians or people we appreciate and seeing that aspect of them I feel like um this is sort of that all over again where we get to see a little more personal um side of it and it reminded me that uh, I think it was about two weeks in after this started I was already um on my spring break so like I the first two weeks of our lockdown um to me, I'd already had those two weeks off. Like I was already going into it thinking I was going to have a break. So it was a bit different for me to realize the whole like area was going into this lockdown with me and that things were much different. And um, it was it was really complicated. And I emotions were kind of like this. And um, Corey and I sat down one Friday night to just sort of relax and watch TV. And we don't watch a lot of um, like late night shows or anything anymore. Um, just for whatever reason. But we um, turned on, I think, Jimmy Kimmel and... It was his thing from home with his, yeah, and he was talking to, I don't know, I can't remember who he was talking to, Will Arnett, I think, and I just, I just cried, I couldn't, I just started sobbing because it was so unusual to see these people with their, you know, usually in their big flashy studios and all this glitz and glamour, and then he's just like, he's in his still probably very glitz and glamorous house talking to another celebrity who has a very glitz and glamorous house, but it's just, yeah, it's very um, strange to get used to, and now it just seems a little more commonplace like we're all we're all there now yeah. the shots weren't off like we're, this is how we spend our lives now um yeah the, strange. Um, i personally uh go on when when they first announced like that they were going to do it with no studio audience i was just like that is like i didn't know if i even wanted to watch it like i haven't watched i think colbert maybe was one of the first with no audience but in the studio and i was just like i don't think i can I don't think I can do that. Like to not hear the laughter reaction. I was just like, that's a weird sign. Like I know there's been bigger signs of the times we're in, but you know, when these little like, like your usual normal thing changes so drastically, you're like, what? And now, yeah, now I'm just used to like Colbert sitting, sitting back in a chair with his shirt a little undone, talking to his kids because they're helping do the production. And, you know, he's like, having a drink of scotch or whatever and interviewing like Daniel Radcliffe and they're trying to get the mics working because something's <laughs> wrong. And, yeah. And it, it's making it's, me feel better about these because I'm like, oh, if you, even if there's glitches, I'm like, you know, these guys with their studio budget productions and like satellite sponsors for their feet are still having like glitchy video or audio. And I'm like, eh, it's okay. I'm not doing too oh, bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're yeah, doing just fine. It's probably easier to just be like very simple, low, low tech compared to their stuff. But it's I, and it's kind of cool that they've been able to take it off, you know, off grid and do it. Well, it's not quite off grid, but you know, um, adapt so quickly. That's impressive. Um, I don't know. I, it's surreal. But so how um how about you and and your loved ones? How are you adapting? Um, open. It's, yeah, it's been a weird few weeks. Um, from a personal level, 
Um, it's been a bit emotional for me because I was finishing my degree and I just sort of got my job as a teacher finally after years and years and years. This has been a, like a long haul for me and I was so excited. And there were so many hiccups, even just within this past year of finishing my degree, there were hiccups out of my control and some in my control. And it uh, it was like, oh, finally, I'm on the home stretch and I'm a teacher now. And I think I got about 10 days over three weeks of TOC, which is substitute teaching. And uh. I was like, in it I was, I was all geared up and then I thought oh good well spring break's coming that's exciting I'm just gonna chill for a while no I worked so hard after three weeks I deserve this break and that is when they decided to close the schools and everything and I was like oh cool okay so and now there's not um there's not any work in place for us just yet for TOCs for substitute teachers um so we've got like any contract teachers have their work um they're doing they're struggling with the online courses which you know I don't envy their position there like it's a it's a huge headache for parents and teachers alike to get that going, especially so last minute. So they've got that um, under their belt. And we've got, you know, our education assistants um, who would normally be in the classroom. They're sort of set up to do any um, essential um, essential worker sort of childcare. So all the, the nurses and any workers and doctors, everybody who are essential workers who need somewhere to put their kids, um, they've got a few little sort of daycares set up, essentially. And so... Um, people like me who are substitute teachers, we don't really have a set role yet. And they're still sort of trying to figure that out for us. Maybe like if we do a slow open to schools reopening or we do need more um, child minding for essential workers, families, then we could get that on the go. So for me, I'm in a little bit of a like weird headspace of like stop and start, stop and start. But yeah. you know, I can't change it. So I'm not fretting over that. It's more just like fingers crossed. Um, I feel pretty fortunate that BC has been providing a decent amount of support for us. Um, you know, like Canada in general, they're doing the whole um, emergency benefit thing for people who qualify. And I know there's a lot of contention on whether they've done enough yet, um, but BC has their own little um, benefit that they're going to have uh, available okay. in May, as well as a housing initiative, like a, a little bursary or a, yeah, another benefit, I suppose, to go to your landlords if you can't pay rent, because that's a huge thing, especially Victoria, Vancouver, where rent is just like, whoa, through the roof. Um, and especially when you're somebody like me who just finished school and I was already sort of very reliant on my partner to help out this year. And I was like, OK, yeah. with my sweet teacher pay, I'm going to pay all the bills. And it's a little backtracking now. But um, that's yeah, that's just my side of it. Um, my parents were going to come out for my graduation. They're in Nova Scotia, which whole other emotional thing happening in Nova Scotia right now um yep. so they were yeah they were slated to come out for June for my graduation ceremony and I haven't seen them in person in about three-ish years now so it oh. would have been cool to see them yeah because yeah it's just hard to fly back and forth Canada to Nova Scotia is quite or Victoria to Nova Scotia is quite uh, as you know it can be quite an expensive plane ticket so yeah. I was yeah. Um, yeah, not surprised that my grad ceremony was canceled and everything. Obviously, that's completely expected, but it still just sucks because I miss my family. Um, my partner experienced um, a death in the family recently, and it wasn't COVID-related, but because of COVID, he couldn't you know, say goodbye or anything. Yeah. So that's been really, really tough there. Um, my friend's long-term house they were moving from and I was supposed to help them pack because it's like a huge big sort of undertaking and I wasn't able to go up and help and you know all of these little weird things that sort of prevent me from feeling useful <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I think um it's 
I mean, I guess the the moving thing uh, is it's. I mean, it's even weirder now. But on the side of like, say the one per the one friend with the vehicle or whatever. At least now, you can have the excuse to not be helping everybody move. You're like, oh no, got a social yeah, distance. Sorry. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's true. Sorry. It, it's probably great for some people to have a break from that, but. Um, it was it was too bad too bad because like uh, my it's like one of my best friends and it's her mom who is um, at sort of that risky age with a risky sort of health uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. already who um, I yeah I really wanted to help her and I just would have never forgiven myself if I had infected her because my partner still works at um, a local grocery store and so he's exposed you know regularly so I didn't yeah even if I wasn't exposed already through teaching then he might become exposed from work so. Um, have have they been able to like supply him with any protective gear or anything at the store? No. <laughs> uh, his particular store is not great right now. Um, they're like a little local health oriented sort of yeah. um, business, and they um, they've actually they were one of the last last businesses locally to um, put in any protective measures. They didn't put in any social distancing measures. You know, most stores you go into now, they have tape set up along the floor or some sort of indication of where you should stand. Um, his store is quite narrow. The, all the aisles are quite narrow and small. So um, people would just keep running into each other. And he was like, well, maybe we should put in a one-way routes or maybe we should at least put in tape, anything. And, you know, he he felt like his concerns were never heard. And they were such obvious concerns, but his, uh, his bosses did not really heed his advice and uh, there's been a few protests in his store because they haven't offered um, any what do you call it, hazard pay or anything or any sort of uh, yeah. any sort of effort really and so they were really slow to the uptake and also uh, are still not making a very good name for themselves right now in in denying people um, hazard pay or any sort of grat- you know gratitude especially in a health store where you know mm-hmm. you think health would be number one so it's been kind of tricky so he's you know he's doing his own hygienic sort of measures but um for the most part it's sort of the fingers crossed kind of situation yeah. yeah i've um i know there's at least one vegan business i think in the states that's been getting shit for uh you know on the face of it being very like sort of people-oriented it and activists and stuff, but a lot of their workers are kind of complaining because they're working like a factory and social distancing is not really happening. And I guess they offered them, they were like, look, you can quit in the next 24 hours and get like a severance package or you can stay. And if you work like 90 days straight or something, we'll give you like a bump in pay. Or it was just, it all sounds kind of sketchy. And I was like, I think we both know that, you know, just because you're like a health food store or a vegan company, you can still kind of crappy <laughs> yeah I mean in our course of being vegan I think we've been vegan for so long now I think oh it's uh, the amount of companies that come and go um, that are bought out you know you think oh this is such a great little grassroots company and then they're bought out by a huge conglomerate and it's just been like one after the other after the other and the same thing happens with these little health stores that are so you know sweet and and like yeah locally owned you're supporting local you're supporting. but then they they do these sort of things where they clearly don't care about um their staff who are doing the hardest sorry the hardest work here and um yeah it's it makes me scratch my head it's been it's been a really frustrating few weeks in that case in that uh, um but to to flip it around are there any any businesses or whatever in the area that have kind of adapted and maybe even you know in terms of community help or just like smart ideas to like keep well not the doors open but i guess the paychecks Um, paid 
Yeah, like there's been a lot of um, the bigger grocery stores, like the chains that maybe would wouldn't expect would be helpful. They they were the first to offer the initiatives and the first to offer offer hazard pay or the first to um, set up their online delivery system or an ordering system. So there have been a lot of those sort of big the big guys doing okay things. Um, there's a lot of local restaurants who sort of I think I might have already mentioned it, but they've um, figured out ways to keep going with their um, uh, takeout food and stuff and also offering um, donations to other to all the shelters have closed for the most part, but they have sort of these little encampments set up for the homeless population, which is a huge issue here in Victoria. So a lot of um, local businesses and local restaurant or local grocery stores have been trying to donate food. Um, a lot of restaurants or or um, grocery stores will donate to the local soup kitchens, who will then make big batches of food and bring them to the since. Yeah, since people can't come to them, they'll bring it out to the encampments wherever they are. And there's been, yeah, there's been a lot of little community um, initiatives going on that aren't for profit at all. That are just let's get each other's back here, you know. Let's, yeah, uh, yeah let's be there for each other. And it's been pretty nice to see. Um, in a few weeks, I think um, there will be this uh, sort of food security movement going on, where um, a local um, group is donating planters like huge potted planters to give to people to grow their own foods on their balconies or in their backyards or wherever they can and sort of give you a step-by-step instruction if you've never gardened before and how to grow your own food and um, that might be a super essential service because we um, we who knows how long our food supplies will last especially the more exotic things or the you know anything off the island it's uh, yeah, it's tricky so yeah because right now I mean I'm guessing like the the sort of cargo and supply ferries are obviously running on a better schedule, but passenger ferries are limited, right, to the island? They have, yeah, they've cut service to basically essential service. Um, they've reduced sailings at least in half, probably more. Um, as far as I know, they're only doing like four sort of public sailings a day, um, to the best of my knowledge. And even that, yeah, the, I think we'd mentioned earlier that um, it was a little risky over the Easter long weekend that we had a lot of risk people coming back and forth over the ferries because you can't unless you're looking at their address on their id you know how you're going to know where they're going or where they're coming from and yep. a lot of people have little um, cottages here or vacation homes so it seems so easy for them to escape and that's um it's not what we want right now we're a little island we've been doing pretty well case-wise like bc in general has been doing like statistically like we we've, we've had uh, an okay we're flattening our curve as they say <laughs> and it's yeah. going pretty well that way um but Vancouver Island, especially, yeah, we've been pretty secure so far, and we're really scared of, yeah, any sort of outbreak just because of the ferries alone. Yeah, um, I, I haven't seen any. I think I saw like maybe one piece about. Um, I know cause some of the other islands. Maybe I'll pronounce it wrong. Is it Haida Gwaii? Like the one yeah, with the, the First Nations? Like they they've closed pretty much completely, right? Because I know obviously there's a lot of populations in BC. Um, in terms of First Nations and Indigenous, and so have have there been any issues within those communities? Have you heard anything about cases or? Um, I didn't look into the sort of stats of that um, ahead of this conversation, so I don't want to spout like any misinformation. Oh, that's, that's but okay. like I know that there's a lot of there are a lot of different islands who are kind of closing themselves off because they don't want to be affected. Yeah. 
And um, it just sort of reminded me of the other issues that have been happening with like um, the boil water advisories that are happening in a lot of um, First Nations around BC in general. And think of how difficult it would be to stay hygienic in those situations when they already don't have good water and good sort of um, access to any sort of regular hygienic stuff. And it's just, it's horrendous. And uh, to think that we are expecting ourselves to be so um, diligent and these communities have already been suffering and to, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's it's um, extra um, nerve wracking to think of what could spread so quickly and just how, how much we take for granted, um, especially in a time like this, thinking, okay, well, we'll just wash our hands so much more. And it's, uh, can you imagine not having access to clean water and trying to keep up with that? So, um, yep. as well as all of the, the work camps that still go on in a lot of areas, like with the Wisatwin um, area, that's just, there's still, there's lots of videos that you can look on, um, seeing these workers for the, um, for the gas line just working around each other, basically ignoring all the social distancing protocols and encroaching on territory that is already is already been very heated um, <laughs> and sad and disappointing. And now you add this into it. It's like, oh, no one, you know, they were already flagrantly like <laughs> ignoring everybody's wishes and desires. And now they're bringing potential disease into it, too. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's which gross. Um, plus there's a historical context of it yeah. all just sounds so familiar. Right, um, right. That's yeah. It's very colonial. But that's yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect like a, a history, like statistical analysis. From you. I just, <laughs> um, no, no, it's okay. I'm just, uh, I'm just curious because it has been like, I know when it first kind of came into Canada, obviously they were worried about like the north and stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, no, you're not frozen. Okay, obviously they were worried about. <laughs> like the north and you know i know there's i think there's a case or two in the yukon and the northwest territories um and it's just similar to maybe a little more extreme to vancouver island like having people come in and not having the appropriate facilities obviously puts everyone at more risk and so just mm-hmm. kind of wondering because i think i had heard that uh the Haida Gwaii, um nation or however they're referred a while ago i think they were just like nope <laughs> like that's it we're we're closed don't come near us, and because if I'm not mistaken, before they even like you had to apply, right, to go to the island, I think. Or that's a good know, question. Like, you no, you could be right. I didn't think so, but you might be right. Like I know a lot of people from there, but I've never really heard about having to apply to be there. Okay, maybe possibly. maybe I'm wrong. I just there is a benefit of the islands. I mean, I thought Newfoundland had the island thing down and it was going to be great for this, but things didn't go so well initially. I feel like it's getting better now and people are like, oh wait, this is a thing. Um, so so what about coping with it? Like, I mean, obviously there have been some ups and downs for you. Have you got, have you got any secrets towards keeping mm-hmm. you smiling and putting on pants every day? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I, I never wear pants most of the time. What are pants time. these days? <laughs> Um, I think this is the most formal I've looked in a while. Um, there's been things like keeping connected is good. Um, you know, I appreciate conversations like this. There was a, uh, my family had Passover a couple of, was that two weeks ago? My timeline is really messed up. I'm like, was that yesterday? Was that five months ago? Days. I don't even know. Yeah. But we, um, we organized, um, through Zoom or whatever platform we organized a big group, which, uh, I think a lot of people have been doing, but a big group 
meeting to have our Passover Seder together. And that was really fun. And that sort of lifted my spirit, seeing my family from Montreal and even my family from New Zealand, who I wouldn't normally talk to, especially like all online at once. It was like a nice little family reunion. And uh, and we are all trying to do our little Passover Seder kind of informally because that's what we do. And and um, that really reminded me of how important it is to stay in touch. And so I've been trying to do a few more calls than I would normally do um, to like, you know, my parents or friends or whoever. Um, I also have been very much into roller skating in the last few years. And my uh, my roller skating crew, um, the, the company who run classes, they had to, of course, go online. And so I've been trying to follow their online classes, which is interesting to do on carpet because <laughs> my apartment is all carpeted so oh, yeah. like, my roller skates on my carpet sort of making sparks fly um i'm you know i no i don't have any secrets every day is different and i definitely get really down some days and other days i'm like this is gonna be all right but i'm very fortunate to have my my cats which uh, i guess you have met before <laughs> i just don't remember even if you met them um and uh my 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 partner is great and uh, as much as he's you know, not enjoying having to go to work every single day. He still does it without complaining. And um, mm -hmm. I feel really, I feel really fortunate. Um, yeah. And I think I just, I'm just trying to take, take every day in stride. How about you? What's, what's keeping a smile on your face? Um, I mean, these conversations are definitely a big helpful thing, even if like time zones have meant I've been getting up early. Um, it's, it's led to me being more productive. Um, and I mean, yeah, there was definitely when, like, when my partner left, there were definitely the first few days, or who am I kidding? Maybe it was like a week <laughs> where I was just like, all right, Netflix and staying in bed. What else do I need to do? Whatever. And then, you know, like, it has been, it's been months here uh, to like various degrees of stuff. Um, but like, you know, the, the virus has been a presence. Uh, since like January um, and yeah so there's been like slow progress like when she left is when I actually really kind of started social distancing because before that we went to the market every morning and you know we wear a mask but we're still kind of going out um, whereas now it's like I'll just spend days in here and I was talking with her and she's in a place now that's like a low-risk city she's out at a cafe yesterday and she's been going for jogs and She's telling me like how many steps she's been doing. And I looked at mine and I've been averaging like 50 to 70 steps a day. Like it's oh, basically so just like, yeah, it's like bedroom to the kitchen, you know, maybe <laughs> kitchen to the bathroom and then like back. Um, Are you boring a little pathway through your house? You can see your trail. <laughs> probably. Uh, but I mean, yeah, other than that, it's just been, it's been interesting to connect, connect with little people and, I mean, hopefully folks are going to see sort of all the similarities. I mean, I have, like, I can tell you that other people are having ups and downs uh, in all the places in the world I've talked with. Um, and, you know, the, the measures are kind of the same. And one of the big takeaways that everyone's getting is this, like, this attempt to connect with people. Um, so what, um, what do you think you're going to take away from this? Like, when, when it ends, is there anything that's kind of shifted your life a little bit different um i i think for sure uh i'm going to rely a lot less on, uh, on my little the things you just take for granted like being able to just go grab a coffee maybe i can't anymore because there's only one coffee shop open in the whole city or something you know it's a 
the, just those little daily conveniences we just take for granted. Um, I think that that will change hopefully in most people. Um, it'll be, I'm really curious to see how this plays out over the next six months or a year. I'm really curious to see if food, um, sort of food independence will come about or if people, you know, if people will wear out their shoes instead of being so ready to buy a new pair, if they'll, you know, just not be so ready to buy all the toilet paper off the shelves at Costco or whatever, you know, I like, I'm really curious to see if, if people will become, um, less consumer minded. Um, and I know it, hopefully I don't always think of myself as a huge consumer, but I, I even, I feel very affected by things that I can and cannot get easily or the anxiety I feel going into stores now, it's not worth it for me. And that helps me see what I can live without for a while. Um, and sort of take, take stock of what is actually important, which sounds really cliche, but it's so true. It's like, I guess I didn't really need that the other day. So I can hold off for like six weeks or something or a month. So um, you're actually using the things in the back of the pantry now? Exactly. I'm like getting through it. Yeah. And it's funny. I've been, I have been cooking more. Last week, especially, I was in my real big cooking drive, which was nice because as a, as a student for the past year, I've kind of been too tired to cook. So Corey yeah. would take on a lot of it or we would just, you know, make really easy foods. But lately I've been cracking up open my, like, uh, my thug kitchen or various cookbooks that I haven't looked at in a long time being like, oh, I'm going to tackle this recipe. And it's just been fun to have that time to experiment and it's just nice to have time to feel like you can do it um but at the same time i don't you know i don't know how long i'll have access to half of those ingredients and i don't i don't necessarily want my partner to buy from his store anymore and i don't <laughs> i don't you know i just i want to um sort of see if we can minimize what we need to feel comfortable on and i think a lot of the world will feel that way um yeah I think um, I, I was going to say, what do you what do you hope the world learns from this? But I think you kind of touched on on that, the less consumerism and sort of appreciating what you have already. Well, I would like people to be wise to the fact that how much of our stuff is going to be cut off because it's all from um, China or a lot of Asian companies right, or Asian countries that we're not we're not going to have access to a lot of this stuff in the coming months. Right. And all these things that we just, um, just think we can click on Amazon and get in two days or whatever, it's not going to be there anymore. And the fact that people still buy from Amazon, don't get me started. And like all of these businesses that are just so awful. Um, I hope that people are wise and sort of take away from the bigger picture of consumerism and how bad it can be and how, um, how that itself is a bit of a disease. And hopefully we can, hopefully we can learn to wash our hands a lot more too, because it's kind of frightening how, how much we have to be reminded to wash our hands and not touch our faces, which I know I've done a lot in this uh, interview, but I haven't left my house in a while. So <laughs> I think, I think you've, I think you've been doing better than I was this, this chat. I had like a hair in my face and I had to do this like three times. I was like, Oh my God, I should, if I, if I was really bored, I'd start like putting a counter. I could make it a game for the interviews, right? <laughs> to see if like me or the person I'm talking with, like, who who wins the don't touch your face <laughs> challenge? That's um, but yeah, I mean, I think like definitely if people are able to, you know, make better choices and less uh, less purchases. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, and I I hope also like especially say with your with your partner like that this also kind of demonstrates the fact that there are still a lot of people that like have to work through this and. For every, you know, click you do on Amazon or whatever, there's like a bunch of people in warehouses that maybe don't have protection or, you know, that are possibly getting sick and still have to go to work and everything. So 
Absolutely. Hopefully we, you know, this demonstrates more like where, um, where the like appreciation and respect should be going versus like, I don't know, CEOs and guys on yachts social isolating in the middle of the ocean. Seriously, um, CEOs asking you to donate to the relief funds. <laughs> if you purchase from us and give this click, it's like, what are you? Yeah, I know, it's mind blowing. And it kind of makes me want to tune out a lot of the time. I can't, I can only handle like social media and such for so long before I get, feel just too overwhelmed by um, everybody's opinion on stuff or um, all of the companies trying to, you know, turn it around into a, make a, make a profit off of a tragedy, basically, right? Like, the car dealerships that want to sell you a cheap car because they know you're an essential worker who needs to get to work. <laughs> it's like, am I going to buy a car right now? I guess so. It's just a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Um, well, on that, on that lovely note, um, <laughs> I would say thank you. Thank you for sharing uh, your part of the mess with, with people. And uh, I hope, I hope that you continue to find reasons to laugh and smile and, the cats keep you happy and maybe things turn around a little bit for, for your partner at the grocery store. Um, and, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll talk again though. And hopefully maybe down the road, we'll be able to attend a concert together in some distant. It seems unfathomable. But one day we will. <laughs> hopefully. Well, okay. I will talk to you later and thanks again. Bye. Thank you.